Welcome to The Extra Pieces. I'm Richard from The Rambling Brick and... I'm Jay from Jay's Brick Blog. Welcome to our little podcast and come and join us while we talk about Lego sets, things happening in the Lego fan community and pieces we've stepped on in the middle of the night. G'day Jay, how are you going? Hello, been good. It is... It's the 6th of November as we're recording this, the official start of silly season. So a uh, bit like a bit manic at the moment because it's all happening right now. It is the busiest time in the year if you're into Lego. Uh, we're coming up to Christmas. We're about 24 days away from opening up our advent calendars, we're getting started on our advent calendars. It's Christmas shopping to do, lots of new Lego sets coming out. 2024 is just around the corner. So yeah, it is uh, It is crunch time. Yeah, it's starting to smell a little bit like Christmas isn't too far away. I know. And uh, they, they, they've, started, they've started giving us modulars, you know, before the new year. So we have to contend with that as well. And new botanicals as well. Yep. It's a strange new world. There was a time when you had a good month or so to recover after Halloween. Not not anymore. In fact, you didn't have to worry about Halloween because it wasn't celebrated in Australia and you had a good month knowing that, okay, the, the occasional pumpkin decoration was now vanishing and you had a good month before you had to start thinking about Christmas. Now it looks like Christmas is literally just around the corner and in fact some of the new year's been brought forward just to uh, get us feeling a little bit well just in anticipation I guess it's just just a way in which this world has just gone a little bit crazily out of control Jay yep but hey it is um, it's what keeps it fun and interesting so it absolutely is and I'm just trying to think there's been a lot happening over the last two weeks yeah we have we have a lot to catch up on uh, where should we start? Well, let's let's see. We've had a few reveals over the last couple of weeks. Um, last week, we saw the reveal of a few of the December releases, which we may have previously thought to be January releases, if you're paying close attention to the rumours. Um, and one of those is the first botanical set for 2024, or the last one for 2023, really, and that is the tiny plants this is a small set with nine pots three groups of three plants and an unending collection of absolutely neat part usage and unexpected recolorings yeah it's also a spiritual successor to the succulents set you know the succulents set yep. had um nine pots as well but those were you know pretty nondescript black pots whereas these ones have terracotta pots um and and you've kind of felt obliged to stick all of the succulents together whereas these ones you can arrange them however you choose without having to worry about losing any little two module long axles around the house yeah um look the 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 lego flowers or lego botanical collection they've been almost like the star of the Lego icons. It's almost like a flagship sub-theme. It's great for mm. 
drawing people in. Um, it's a huge hit across all different ages, all different um, experience levels when it comes to Lego. You know, it's, it's, it's just stuff that makes people go, wow, I can't believe that's Lego. And I think the, I think yeah. the tiny plants are a return to form for uh, the botanical collection. It's, it's, uh, it's 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 just really cute and i think the addition of the terracotta pots are you know really up the level of just visual attractiveness because these pots look really nice they mm. give it a nice sense of contrast they're different sizes as well so there's that nice um you know you know different shapes going on with the pots and and different size plants as well and yeah, it is. It is just just filled with nice parts usage. A lot of fun, delightful, um, you know, element recolors and very clever element usage. Like, what was your what was your favorite or what was your highlight of Tiny Plants? Oh, there were several highlights. I think for me, um, and they all seem to crop up in the carnivorous plants for me. Um, and I, th- I think. Ultimately, even though it may have been used previously in another set, the um, inverted epaulettes in conjunction with that had been recolored, um, sort of light pink, bright light purple or whatever we call that colour, and um, dark red hairbrushes with the sundew. But look, it's pretty close in between that and the pitcher plant or the Venus flytrap from my point of view, I'll have to admit they're all, they're all great highlights for me, but I didn't want to spoil them in case one of those was yours. <laughs> what about you? What was your favorite? I, Oh, that's a good question. I, I like, like you, I really like the dark red hairbrushes. Those just look, um, mm-hmm. those just look perfect. Um, I actually, I actually like the um the one that uses the purple butterflies. It's really simple. It's one of the first few yes. um pots because they start off with the small pots, and they're relatively simple to put together. And then the techniques and the complexities kind of ramp up uh, as you go towards the bigger plants, which is you know which mm. was part of the build experience. Um, but yeah, the butterfly, the butterfly one is 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 just such a good looking. It's very subtle you don't really um notice that they're butterflies until you look at them and yeah it is it's just it's just super simple um yeah yeah that's the false clover that particular plant yeah Mm. well in that case i'm going to quickly say you've got to love the use of the pith helmet in spring green along with the mop in the pitcher plants yep that that was probably my my next my next favorite and and then there's a little one-by-one transparent stud in these inverted helmets that just gives you the, the feeling of that little bit of sweet sap that was going to draw the insects to their doom. <laughs> yeah, and I think the in, in, in terms of which ones really look like like actual plants, I think the jade plant, which uses those dark green newspaper boy hats, um, they're just yeah. really subtle. The that was shape a great is, pre-color too. Yeah, the shape is really, um, you know, it's 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 quite organic and lumpy looking, and it actually looks like a le- the leaves of a jade plant. So that one, that one for mm. me is just, you know, they um, the designer Theo 
really kind of nailed the realism when it came to the jade plant. But I think, yeah, at the end of the day, it just looks great together. There's a lot of nice colors. They there's there's a lot of variety. The pots just make them kind of pop visually as well so they look great if you want to you know display them on a shelf or on your work desk mm. they just work really well i was going to say we did it as a as a group building activity at home well the nola and chief and i sat down together to build the tiny plants and it's very easily set up perhaps works slightly better with three um so everyone gets that graded experience as you go through, but um, as it, as it was, I built succulents, the cacti, and I think a couple of the carnivorous plants, and built the tropical plants, and I think she also did the Venus flytrap. Can't quite remember exactly, but it felt kind of weird doing that, having that middle bag sort of split between us. It also suited how we'd arrange things on the trays. <laughs> Super solid set. Um, they've kept the price the same as all the other Lego Botanical sets, which is always a good thing. And the fact that it's coming out on the 1st of December makes this a really good uh, Christmas gift, whether to yourself or to someone else. If you want to introduce Lego to them, I feel like the Botanical Collection is um, its always a hit. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it's always a hit. It's great. I do love the fact that these sets are priced the same certainly in australia they're priced the same as the rest of the botanical collection i've not looked too closely at the other markets but i am i do feel a little outraged that we seem to be paying functionally about 15 to 20 dollars more for this set in australia than if we were to change the money and buy it while traveling overseas mm-hmm. that that just felt a little bit more like a little bit more of the way it was with these sets this year than it has felt in the past. But overall, I really like the fact that these are now ready to display um, without needing to try and find or build a vase to put them into, like you may have done with any of the flower bunches or occupying sort of a significant amount of space if you're using the, um, like the dried flower setting that was released back at the start of the year. Yeah, yeah. It's a really easy set to recommend. Like, it's just delightful. I feel like for, set, for sets like this, it's you get to build nine things. And for a, for, for, sets, for a set that's priced like this, it's pretty good value for the amount of, like, building and the amount of, like, cool new elements that you get. And you're left with a pretty attractive bunch of little tiny flowers or little tiny pots pots or little tiny plants to display but if you're just hunting down for the interestingly colored elements then you may find yourself with just a little bit too much dark orange left over yeah but if you're into elements you just wait till it comes on pick a brick or brick link or luck bulk anyway like do people still buy sets for elements come on no one's that rich no no look, so, so certainly at at our lug uh, at, at mugs the melbourne like they people do buy sets for parts and then they have a tradition of throwing the rest of the parts into a big box which other people at the event may then pick out of and pay it a parts per piece for that particular set so that you can sort of have the the set of buying it for you know perhaps you only wanted a quarter of the pieces in the set it's a way to offset the cost of it oh yeah 
Yeah, that so, works. So there are people who there are people who still do buy sets for sets for the parts, and especially since you've got to wait for about six months or lo- three months or longer, rather, these days to be able to see these parts appear on bricks and pieces on mm. Lego.com. You know, it, it can take a take a while for the parts to just become more widely available. All right, moving on from Tiny Plants, which has a um, which has a Venus flytrap to another Venus flytrap-inspired model. That would be the piranha plant um, for the Lego Super Mario. This is every year we've seen an adult-focused display set in the Lego Super Mario kind of range. We've had the um, vintage TV and console. We're really calling the late 1980s to be vintage these days. Um, The... Um, question mark cube and the mighty Bowser and this year these have all been very big very expensive sets and this year we've got one that's not not quite so big not quite so extravagant but I'll have to admit it kind of sits nicely on your desk Um, and so the piranha plant it's $94 Australian so a little bit cheaper than the tiny plants but in that you get a fairly generously sized pipe a great-looking piranha plant flower head, and it's incredibly poseable and expressive, which I think is remarkable for something that's essentially a static display piece. I found this to be a nice, engaging build. It's got some interesting techniques. It introduces a new curved slope element, um, and I found overall the building process was not too complicated, so it's an ideal thing to bring in someone who is relatively naive as a as a building project it's it certainly as far as obstacles in super mario the piranha plant is certainly there and it's one that is recognizable to anyone who's played mario kart to anyone who's played any of the super mario forms of the game and so that's got a great sort of touchstone cultural touchstone there as I said, the model's remarkably stable regardless of how you have it leaning around. I, I did find that the head of the flower will almost always droop down. It cannot be it can't really hold itself over the weight using just one technic ball ball joint, which is what it's attached with. Mm. Um, and even using the stiffening element that came out a couple of years ago in the dinosaur set, that doesn't really do that, but by only having that one connection point, it allows you to tilt the head, which you'd not be able to do if you had an extra ball joint, which may make it a bit stiff and a bit more sturdy. And I think that that tilting is far more useful for expression than lifting the head up or down. Hmm. So I'm not ultimately, while it's there, I'm not worried about it. And the set has an unexpected play feature as well. There's a secret panel hidden on the back of the set which you'll see in some building videos i think i possibly overlooked it in mine just so that we could keep it as a bit of a surprise if you put it together but there are two printed three by three tiles with coin coin markings on and you can leave these in there you push the secret panel and they drop out of the bottom of the model but that was certainly it was an just brought me an unexpected bit of joy when i was um after i'd put it together because i didn't quite know what was going on at the time because it was just and just sort of been hidden from me. So I hope we haven't spoiled it for you if you're about to build No, I feel like I feel like that's a hallmark of every Lego Nintendo set. There's always a hidden surprise that 
is not included in any of the press material on the packaging or in the set description like in the question mark cube we had the tiny bowser we had the um world one two in the nintendo entertainment system yes um yeah so look i feel like it's a yeah i feel like it's a hallmark so you know having having little surprises like that i i enjoy it personally i feel like i would i, I would love lego to include more surprises here and there oh i i love i i do one worry sometimes about the ethics of revealing these I in know, our reviews I'm, if 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 you don't want to get spoiled, you're not going to read, and you're not going to follow Lego media. You'll just cut yourself off from the internet. But yeah, look, I, I found on the whole, it's yeah, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed the build. Um, I'm surprised at how nicely it sits amongst my tiny plants and other botanical collection sets. And, it is, it uh, is a botanical set. Yeah, so. that'll be. Look, I do I do find the scale feels a little bit. Not so much the scale, but the chunkiness of it. It's um, it's far more of a cartoon kind of a model. It's sort of a caricature of a Venus flytrap or of, of some sort of a carnivorous plant, and it just doesn't seem to have that. It's obviously not taking itself as seriously as rest of the botanical collection, but that's okay. Yeah. No, I think. Look, it's it's uh. It's one of those things that it's a, it's a nice odd. It's a nice nod. It's like like the Sanctum is not mm. really a modular set, but it could also pass as a you know it kind of functions as a modular set. It's not as a pot. It's got a plant in it. Yeah, it, it and unfortunately though, unlike the other large sets, it doesn't feature a sort of an action tile, a tag that Mario can scan on it to just make him play a happy sound or something to that effect and, and i feel like you're like the one of three people that actually you know bother with that at this point i may be but yeah. <laughs> as i say I, I, it, would it have been that hard to include a, a tile like the uh yeah the amount of times that i've i've used my lego super mario with bowser and i love bowser it's a great display piece one of the best display pieces ever like the amount of times that i've you know had mario interact with bowser is approximately zero and I think they've recognised that. I think that might be the case for me as well, but part of that was also because the update wasn't available at the time that I did my review. There you and go. I just hadn't got round to trying it out since I got back from holiday last October. It's fine. They they don't need to invest in, in, in further digital functionality if it's not absolutely needed. Yeah, and I think it's the sort of thing that if you really want it, you can get the tile off one of your other piranha plants and tuck it on the back. I'm 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 gonna pick it up. I'm gonna pick it up for sure. I'm just waiting until it's um yeah. I, I was gonna go today, but I got busy and had a lot of new announcements today. So glad I didn't go today. But I will be going on Wednesday to pick up. Yeah, and we'll you. come to those shortly. But the other big announcement last week was for the second modular building to be released in 2023. Yeah, two in a year. What are they playing at? Oh, well, look, it, it just takes me back to 2008. <laughs> yeah, this is a big one. Um, and we mean it in a literal and also a figurative sense. It is the 19th modular. This is the Natural History Museum. It is the biggest modular by piece count, which is, I think, a big deal. 
And it is also the second, only the second modular to be 48 studs wide. So the only other modular set that um, had that slightly wider footprint was assembly square. But assembly square was, you know, is, is, is a whole bunch of buildings, whereas this one's just one mega structure. In, and indeed. It is, it is a very interesting set, and I kind of like when I get to review interesting sets because it makes my job as a reviewer uh, just a bit more challenging because it is a it is a very divisive set for so many like for all the mm. reasons when you um so first of all the um uh, the fact that it's 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 released on the first of December instead of its traditional first of January release date I think that is quite a good shift because mm. get to ask or expect or buy yourself a modular for Christmas, which I think is genius. And if you want to build it during January, you can still do that. You can, yeah. And I also like that it's released earlier because it then allows the other set releases on the 1st of Jan to shine because... On the 1st of Jan, everyone kind of just scrambles to get the icon sets or the latest modular and some of the other sets, like which are typically like city sets, um, a couple of Star Wars sets, some new Lego friends, some new Monkey Kid. They kind of just get lost in the wayside because everyone's just in modular mania. But put, pushing it like mm. slightly earlier to December um, allows some of the other sets to shine, which I think is a great move. So big fan of that. Um, it is the mm. most, it is the biggest modular by piece count. It's only the biggest piece count by 10. Yeah, by 10, but still, I mean, it's, you, you get to call and, it the biggest. It is now the biggest modular. 10 pieces could be all the, um, all the cherry blossoms on the leaves. You know, that's, that, that's what got it across the line. Yeah, as I say, it, it feels, it feels like a little bit of a cheat from that point of view. They've changed their standard tree design since the um, assembly square came out. Yep. And indeed, height-wise, it has a little bit over. I, th I think technically the assembly square has a slightly taller spire, but it's only a spire rather than a dome. So I'll grant it the the, the largest by volume. I'll grant it that status. Yeah, yeah. So again, it's it's a you know it's a it's it's, it's just a perception thing when you use labels like biggest, hmm. most pieces, people ex expectations go up because it's a it's a it's a big it's a title that it must wear um it's also wide so it's uh it's a, it's a 48 stud wide modular and it's interesting mm. because it actually makes um you know full use of that width so like the, the the building itself stretches from one end to another there's no there's no there's no gap um there so it's it's a 48 stud mm. building which is which is quite substantial um so yeah, it's it's it 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 is a big module. It's got a big price tag as well, um, and but I think ultimately the, the the most divisive thing is the color. It's olive green, which I don't know. Like um, is a it's it's a choice. It's an interesting choice. Well, I think for the style of building, particularly given that it's only four years after Police Station. Mm -hmm. 
I think having another one that was just like a pure sandstone effect, which you might otherwise expect a museum of that shape to have, mm-hmm. I think that might have been, that would have been even more divisive, I think, if, oh. if, if it would have been sort of a built for a sandstone effect. Dark tan, a dark tan modular. Like you don't, you don't have to be tan. It could be dark tan. It could be brown. If, 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 if you want dark tan, you buy you buy the the um the the recent icons. You know, Hiroji Ta- the um the Japanese castle. Yeah, I don't know. A, a dark tan modular could be could, could be quite interesting. It's it's close enough to sandstone. Look, I would love like a gray modular, like a dark gray, or like a like. A, like a concrete modular that would be interesting yeah we've not we've not really had had a concrete modular but when they sort of moved away from that older style of architecture to the more streamlined sort of effect of the 50s that that mm. didn't perhaps it was too much too soon i'm not quite sure but uh that that seemed yep. pretty divisive as well yeah but it, I think it's just, it just comes down to choice because olive green is a very divisive color because there have been studies there have been studies that say it's a very unappealing color. It's it's maybe it's because we're in Australia where all the cigarette boxes are in that olive green shade, and that's that that's the first thing I just associate olive green with. So, so look, I find looking at it. I it's got so much going on on the facade mm. on the front on the front side of it that I don't really perceive it as olive green but and at this point the Nola and chief and um all the other members of the rambling brick family will also mention something about my failure with um sort of green brown color discrimination so <laughs> so perhaps I don't see it the same way that everybody else does looking at the facade the front side of it I quite like it. I felt a little disappointed by the rear of the model, just in as much as because nothing's really that basically compared with most of the other modules that have ever gone gone before it, there's nothing going on behind it with the exception of a door and a rubbish bin. Hmm. Um, there's no fire escape, there's no architectural detail at all. It is that big wall of that big flat wall yep. of bricks and and I think this is sort of an example where well the approach perhaps perhaps a, a more rational approach has been taken to the design here mm. well no one's actually going to be looking at it um, and that's only partially true I certainly see a lot of train layouts where having a block that's made up of modulars, forms that so the little bit of rear detail that you do get in those buildings does make a huge difference to the quality of the of the layout and to the way that it all looks and mm-hmm. i think just having you know not having a fire escape not having um any detail at all on the back you know not a window not even a slightly miscolored tan brick just even that sort of detail was even included in um Market Street, where it was just like we'll throw in a couple of profile bricks and a couple of bricks of a slightly different colour, just to imply that this building is old and a little bit poorly maintained. And the the shape on the front is absolutely beautiful. 
I, I love the way that it looks. I love the way that the columns, the the way that the um, the top end of the Doric columns has been organised. Mm-hmm. I love the look of the tree and the statues in the front yard, the banners hanging down over the front. But it's it's got two two angles to look at this model from, and you really want to have other models sort of pushed up hard against each end. And look, perhaps that's part of the cunning. It definitely needs a bit of space. Like, I feel like if you can... In- because it's quite weird to have a museum kind of sandwiched in a, you know, in a, in a, in a street. Yeah, these aren't buildings. So I, I suppose the the option that you have here, rather than building it on a 32 and a 16 plate, is to build it on two 32 plates so that you can tuck a little bit of a a path down the side, but then we also get into that issue of there isn't any detail. How how do these how did we get these big models into the museum? You just lift the roof off and you crane them in. Did they get helicoptered in? Yeah. Um did they just reassemble the dinosaur skeleton by hand on the inside? Um inquiring minds want to know. There are just so many questions here. It's Lego. You just uh, um, take them apart and put put them back together. But they did include a toilet. Yes, which uh, no 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 sink. But there's no basin there. Yeah, no sink, but toilet. So I don't know if there have been any significant sets this year that didn't have it that involved a building that didn't have a toilet in this year. You know so, why? Because kids love toilets. All right that that's just a that's just a. I don't know. I accept that kids love toilets and kids love realistic detail, but you know, from the outset, this is a set that's aimed at an eighteen plus market, and um, I'd have thought you might have been better off installing a, a restoration room or you know, sort of a you know, a, a room to be reassembling that shattered Grecian urn that's uh, on the floor. But I feel it's funny. You know, it would have been nice to have a behind the scenes workspace there's a toilet and a like like a a microscope next door like that's that that's part of the storytelling and the humor well that i did find to be mildly hilarious but but i'd have thought it would be nice to have you know a bit of a bit of workspace if i i think that'd be the one way that i'd modify this build yeah because you know i don't need i'm happy enough to just have two or three toilets in my module street (laughs) um uh, that's fair, but toilet toilets are great. I'm a big fan. Like, I feel like sets or buildings just look weird if there if there aren't any toilets. Yeah, it's it's kind of like remember like old like Lego buildings where there's just no like path to walk through buildings, and then now we have stairs and we have proper like hallways. Um, that's like I feel toilets are just the next, you know. It's, it's it's weird. Why would you go to a museum without a toilet? Would it be a very good museum without any toilets? Well, that, that that's I, I just work on the basis of you know you've got real estate, even though you know you've got the largest floor footprint of any build modular building to date. I think you've still got a few features that are integral to a museum that are missing. And you know, worst of the worst, you've got your restaurant next door, you've got your boutique hotel, or you've got your um, police station and they've all got they've all got amenities in or you know even hmm. some of the, some of the others but it, it's say so I, I just it felt like it was just going a little over the top here when there were other more useful features being 
being left out. Hmm. Um, interesting. Look, I I find the interiors probably the most interesting thing. Um, there's there's a lot of space and hmm. there's 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 a whole bunch of different um, exhibits. So the exhibits are split between two, um, I guess like time horizons. One you're looking back into the past, and the next is. Hmm. Uh, and this was this was um, you know how Chris described it when he presented and uh, revealed the modular to us when we were in Denmark. It was a it was how the minifigures on the modular street see themselves in the future. Um, so mm. you've got you've got lovely little nods to like classic space to like rockets. If you're a if you're like a nostalgic fan of Lego, there are a lot of little. Um, exhibits and easter eggs in there you've got references to forest men to pirates to classic castle there's a yellow castle in there there's a there's a there's, there's a moon base almost a classic space diorama in there which is just delightful and yeah just so many fun things um in there so i feel like the interiors are really interesting and that in itself is probably reflective of the trend of modular buildings especially in this current era so we are in the mm. second almost you know almost almost going to the end uh, of the second decade of modular buildings i would say yeah and and it feels weird because it feels like we're still five years short of the second decade yeah well of modular buildings well they, they, they seem to go in like series of 10 um yeah so we, we had we had the assembly square sort of providing us with a decade summary yeah. or a, a 10 model summary and then there's a there's a there's there's a shift and a transition that happens so after the assembly square we got um the smiley faces replaced with um yep with with expressive faces and crazy hair yeah there's a lot more like storytelling um there was there's a lot more focus on like the interiors um, compared to like the previous modulars and yeah so I feel like this is you know we're approaching kind of the end of this era of sorts because um, the next one's the 20th and you know it's a, it's 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 a big anniversary for a very important um, line of Lego sets so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be big but anyway back to the back to the back to the museum it actually it actually functions as you know it functions really well as a standalone structure but I think when you kind of squish it against like some of the more recent ones, like the jazz club or the police station or the boutique hotel, it kind of just looks just mm. weird. Um, I will probably pick up a second set and expand my museum because you can just kind of just build like the second floor onwards and just kind of add to the height of it, which I'm quite keen yep. on doing. Um, because it's a it's a museum, I want to fill it with more you know historical references. So that that's a, that's a that's a mm. project that I may or may not execute. It's a, it's a nice to have. I, I would like to do it, but we'll see if I have time. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm, mm. I'm I'm curious to see what it looks like if it's just a bit taller than some of its contemporaries. Yeah, museums have always been sort of much. I mean, they're always much larger than buildings around, mm. building the buildings around them. So I think it's a little bit taller maybe, but certainly probably if it was that full 64 studs wide, 
or even a little wider mm-hmm. um, or going around in an L, that would certainly give it a feeling more like an actual contemporary museum. But at the same time, I recognise that once you start doing that to a set, you do um, you do end up sort of bending the budget a little bit yep. more. So I think that the over, at the end of the day, the size that they've used is a good compromise for for being able to get enough detail and enough variety into the design of the um, the design of the exhibits, mm-hmm. but it, it does the the sides in the end. You know, these are buildings that are typically need to have a bit of space separating them from everything else so that they can at least get exhibits into them. And to have those ends, while it's practical if you're sticking them into a modular street, it just feels like it's just a step further away from the realism that you might otherwise be looking for in these sorts of models. Mm-hmm. Um, can, can I? There, there's something that I really like about this. Yeah. And, and that's the price in Australia. Oh, yeah. When I first... First heard what what's what's the US price for it? I think it's two ninety nine. Um, so three hundred. Okay, doke. And and so I thought, gee, this is going to make it just a little bit too unreasonable from a an Australian purchase price point of view. But in fact, the Australian purchase price is probably about thirty forty dollars. Australia is the cheapest place in the world to buy this set, with the possible, you know. We have such a we have we have such a like with the our, our dollars in a toilet right now, which is which is not great if you you know have an overseas holiday coming up, um, especially to the sure. US. Um, but yeah, like price wise, it's it's been a long, long time since we've you know kind of had the short end of the stick, especially since discounting and retailer discounting of all shapes and forms. Uh, it's just such a it's yeah. such a staple of buying Lego in Australia. So yeah, I mean, full price, yeah, but kind of, kind of expensive a, at times. This is a win. Yeah, yeah, not going to complain. But yeah, this, 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 this one's a win. You know, and buy it. It offsets any complaints that I had about the tiny plants. If you buy the modular and the tiny plants in Australia, you're still a, you're still ahead of the rest of the world. Mm. Modular. Um, I feel like I would have liked a bit more risk i feel like it's it's quite a safe design at the yeah i feel like it's quite a safe design because we've had some really like groundbreaking modular designs like the police station was great boutique hotel was exceptional um jazz jazz club i was i was interested i was um it it was interesting to hear that some people um you know really dislike the jazz club because it's so like kind of garish and the colors are Kind of out there, but I I'm a big fan of the jazz club um, facade and mm. architecture, and there's a pizza restaurant next to it as well, which is yeah, why not? Um, yeah, but I felt like they like this one felt a bit safe. You know, I would I would have liked a much bolder because it's a you know again it's 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 the biggest set. It's it's got a wide footprint, and it's also a natural history museum and museums typically are known for their unique and you know like almost iconic architecture especially like the like the natural history museums um so again i feel like i feel like this 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 should have been sort of like i would have liked something a bit riskier look i actually don't mind it i think it fits in with 
designs of a lot of more traditional museums around the world, but particularly natural history museums. And whereas I think Melbourne Museum here is a bad example because it was relocated about 20 years ago and put into the most crazy contemporary sort of bit of cubist architecture. If you were trying to put something like that in the modular street, um, I I think it's not a space that people would have equated with a grand museum, whereas this design, I think it does does say grand display space. It could be Mm -hmm. a great big art gallery. It could be a great big – it can be a museum – and it does feel like some of the museums that you do see, some of the great traditional museums that you see around the world. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't mind it from that point of view because I, I think it, it fits in in line with both, say, the New York Natural History Museum. It fits in with Melbourne's previous museum. It fits in with a lot of European museums as well it, oh. it and it, it were and, and English museums um, it it fits in there without needing to um, but but perhaps there are ways that it could have been just made a bit more interesting around the front and back or maybe a little bit more of a practical I uh-huh. quite appreciate the facade I think you know, but I think if you were to go crazy and contemporary with the architecture I just I just don't think um, that's what we're looking for in a modular. It's just not what we're looking for in a modular set these days. Yeah, no, I, I, I um, agree. We're, we're, look, but... we're looking for some more traditional sort of designs on the whole. Yeah, the roof is great though. Like, don't get me wrong, the roof is the best part, which you don't often hear when it comes to modulars. But this one is, yeah, that one. Now that, that one was a highlight for me. Like, it's a lot of thought and. Um, yeah, just just design work has gone into a roof. It it was quite it was quite surreal, thing that. But yeah, the roof is cool. I love the design. The I love the curves of the um, windows that make up the skylight there, and the way that the curator's little office has been tucked away into the dome as well. It just did something right for me. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, jo- Johnny Thunder. And adventurers, um, it's now canon. It's now part of the modular street, the the Lego modular city world, which is great. Which which does sort of tell us that this is now in the past, because you know I always had the feeling that adventurers was more of a nineteen thirties, nineteen forties kind of an environment, and um, or twenties twenties to forties kind of environment. Mm. And if if we've now got um, Dr. Kilroy doing this after, you know, doing or perhaps he's sort of doing the Marcus Brody thing of this is what he does in between, this is what he's doing in between the adventures. He does look a little bit older, and he's writing the the the, um, the advertising blurb, the marketing blurb did say something about um, the curator sitting down to write his memoirs about the places and travels that he's had over the year, places he's seen and the travels he's been on, and. Um, Certainly, Dr. Kilroy's seen a few adventures over the years, mm-hmm. and that, that is a beautiful Easter egg. And the fact that it came out the same week that we got to see the um, Spring Green with helmets, yep. um, it's just, there you go. We've, got, we've even got, you know, a, a grub, his old white helmet's got a bit grubby through years of disuse. Meanwhile, um, 
you know, who knows what Johnny Thunder's up to in the meantime. Oh, I hope uh, you might occupy a future modular building just down the, just down the street. How cool would that be? So that's what's missing. It's the the next module is going to be the old folks' home. Uh, yeah, or a mansion. I, I assume that he would be, you know, pretty well off uh, selling the artifacts or stories of his adventures. So yeah. Anyway, mm. all right. Interesting. Um, m- moving Interesting. on. Okay, so that's that is now all old news today. Um, this this week. Um, this, week in November for the last five years has been, or this is number five, the mm-hmm. Chinese International Import Expo, um, which is a major trade show that is held in, Shanghai. I want to say Beijing. Shanghai. It's in Shanghai, so I was going to be wrong there. So in, in Shanghai. And each year, like a group have had a presence there, and it was at this event in 2019 that we first saw the year of the pig sets, which included Dragon Dance, but also the Chinese New Year's Eve dinner sets unveiled. Um, and in recent years, it's been um, it's become a regular of the set unveiling calendar and becoming a bigger and bigger event for Lego each year as they've been unveiling some other sets as they go along, including last year we saw the new Monkey Kid mech, and uh, this year's been no exception, Jay. You were busy paying attention to what was happening on Weibo today. Um, I've, I've misplaced the app on my phone, so... <laughs> No, I, uh, Sorry, I, just... I I only download the app uh, just for this day in the year, and then it gets deleted right after. So, yeah. Um, so, look, tell me, what have we seen? What have we seen? Um, we have two new Lunar New Year sets, um, and next year is a big one. Next year is a very important year for the, um, for the Chinese people because it is the year of the dragon. Mm. And... Um, it's 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 probably the most important like zodiac animal because dragons dragons are pretty badass. Uh, everyone wants to be born in the year of the dragon. Um, in fact, the last time it happened, like twelve years ago, there was a massive like population spike because everyone was planning their kids to get born in the year of the dragon. So you want to be born in the year of the dragon. Um, so it's a very big year. Yep, and. Reflecting that fact, I feel like they've pulled out the big guns and we've had some really good sets unveiled at uh, in Shanghai this year. So first up, we've got 80112, Auspicious Dragon. It is a it's just mm. a gorgeous, like, brick-built display dragon. It's a it's an oriental-type dragon. It's got a nice display stand. If you if you kind of grow up in a Chinese home, um, if you have like Chinese heritage, it's not unusual to have like dragons like this because they're they're good for like feng shui. They're good, mm. you know. They they they're very. Um, it's a it's 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 a very typical thing to see. So having these, um, having this as a as as a brick built dragon is just yeah. Uh, it makes a lot of sense from a decorative point of view. But looking at it, the techniques used, the mm. colors. I really like the use of tan as the primary color. Um, you've got like dragon scale yeah. in it, and you've got it's it's just the the composition is just amazing. I like I saw it for the first time today. Uh, we didn't get to see this in Denmark, or you know, so this was a this was this was a real surprise, and I was just blown away. Um, 
I will probably build it first um, ahead of the um, the next set, the um, reunion celebration dinner or reunion dinner celebration. Mm. Um, but yeah, this is a, I think this is a standout set as a, as a display piece. If you're a fan of dragons, um, whether it's like Ninjago dragons, this is just um, this is just just a stunning set, and I think it's um, we're off to a really good start with this uh, with this model. It's just such an yeah. attractive looking I, model. I'll have, I'm j- I'm just just looking at it, and I'm seeing the way in which the details and all the angles have been put into the head. There are studs going in every direction. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like like I, I was really impressed earlier this year with May's Guardian Dragon in Monkey Kid, which was very much an Oriental style sort of serpentine dragon. Yep. And this model just takes that and bumps it up to eleven. So it's huge. It's huge as well. It's it's uh, thirty five centimeters yeah, long from end to end. It's mm. Six centimeters tall. So it's it's got display presence. Just looks sensational. Now, I'm I'm I'm. And it's it's clutching sort of the the sphere of ja- of the, sort of like the the dragon stone. It's a pearl, um, which we've seen the dragon pearl, similar to we saw in the Monkey Kid Dragon of the West Seas Palace um, earlier this year. And I suppose we, we sort of see the elemental spheres associated with the dragons in Ninjago Dragons Rising this year too. Yeah, drag dragons and pearls. Um, they're a part of a. You know, it's part of like traditional Chinese folklore. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you always see, and that's what if you, um, and that's what inspired, um, you know, Dragon Ball as well. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just keep looking at the coloring here, and I'm, I'm wondering. I know that, it, that, uh, I have a passing interest in the Year of the Dragon, in as much as my son was born in the Year of the Golden Dragon back in 2000, um, and next year is the Year of the Wooden Dragon. And I'm just wondering if that's got any significance with the choice of tan as a colour here, or if that's just that's just um, another aspect of uh, of the lunar year potential. culture that I just don't understand. Uh, potentially, I don't think it's it's like the core focus. You could, if you want to look at it that mm. way. I think it's. I think the colours just you know the the colours are just masterful. So that's a that's a big plus. Mm. Um, I guess on the topic of wooden yeah, dragon, lots of gold, lots of orange. These, um, they are like dragons that are carved out of wood, as you know, they double as ornaments mm. as well. So that there could be oh, a yep, yep. connection there. So yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, this is a winner, and I think it's going to appeal to a huge bunch of people. Um, who 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 wouldn't want a badass looking like Lego dragon um, on display? Mm. Yeah, big fan. Yeah, I'm just, I'm excited to see. Yeah, I, I love the look of this. Can't wait to see it in real life. Yep. Um, yeah, and then next uh, we have eight zero one one three, which is the reunion dinner, but with a twist. Um, and the twist is they're all out for dinner at a Chinese restaurant. So it's um, yeah, the set name is family reunion celebration. So. Again, it's a callback to the first wave of Lunar New Year sets. Um, if you remember, uh, with eight zero, I think one o one, yeah, eight zero, mm. yeah. Um, that there was a um, New Year's Eve dinner at the grand, the home of the grandparents, which again is a is a traditional part of celebrating um, the Lunar New Year. 
Um, but in yep. recent times, because you know families grow larger, and as more, I, I, I would say, as 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 um, as we seek out like more convenience in life, um, it's become quite normal to have dinners at a restaurant as well because it's easier. You don't have to cook. You just rock up, you eat, spend time with your family, and you leave. No, no, no cooking, no cleaning. So that's. I think that's a nice. Um, acknowledgement of yeah the trend of yeah going out for dinner, which is um, mm. which is becoming a lot more common, and we have a multi-level traditional Chinese restaurant. Um, in fact, it is a it is a dim sum restaurant or yum cha uh, if you're in Australia. Um, so yeah, it's um, we get the same family that has been a staple of the Lunar New Year sets since day one. You'll see. A lot of familiar faces there, and they start for a meal in a very, you know, a very nice looking Chinese restaurant. I'm very excited for this one mm. as well because uh, it's a, yeah, I... a lot of people missed out on the first um, New Year's Eve set because that was a regional exclusive. It was only sold in China and Asia Pacific, which thankfully included Australia. Yep. Um, but that, that, that was hard to get. I think it's 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 worth a lot on the secondary market. At the moment, um, mm. and yeah, we have we have this now as a as as an alternative, and I feel like it's a yeah. you know going out to eat at a Chinese restaurant is something that a lot of people can relate to. Whether you are you know whether you celebrate Chinese New Year, whether you have no idea about Chinese New Year, I think everyone can relate to going to a, a Chinese restaurant for a meal. So yeah, I think this one has mm. a lot of appeal. Yeah, there's. Look, it's, there are a few things that I find really that I really appreciate about this. Um, I do appreciate the fish tank in the window, which um, gives you the opportunity to select what your feature dish of the day might be. I appreciate the level of detail that they've got going on in the kitchen there between chopsticks and cleavers and turkeys and dim sum carts. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have a bathroom with... With a sink, where we've got the toilet, we've got we've got a sink, and we've even got a pot plant to keep it looking decorated, and we've even got a little bit of karaoke going on in the main dining room. Can I can I say that I'm very disappointed in the toilet this for this particular toilet? I th- I think it it could look a little little more stylish, but but um, what is it that's particularly Got you disappointed with this toilet, Jay? I wish this was. A, I, I wish we had a squat toilet, which might sound quite um, weird to you know if 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 you are if you live in the Western Hemisphere, but squat toilets are pretty. I would say it's a pretty Asian thing. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it'd be um, quite interesting to have that um, to have a squat toilet because it's uh, it's unique. Um, but for, you know, people who've been to China or been to parts of Asia, um, and you encounter squat toilets for the first time, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know, personally, that, that would, that would have been such a great touch, but again, times have, uh, things, things have modernized and, you know, squat toilets, squat toilets are actually, you know, kind of, kind of rare, um, in this day and age because, you know, it's not, it's just not easy using one. But yeah, that would have been a, that would have been a nice touch. But anyway, that's 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 a small 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 thing that I would I'm have, uh, yeah like to see. While while I have very limited experience with 
with toilets, the with squat toilets. I was looking at this, and I was actually feeling that it was looking a little barer than a number of other toilets we've seen. Like it doesn't really have anything that's resembling a comfortable seat. Mm-hmm. And so I was actually starting to wonder if this was a squat <laughs> toilet or if it's been left deliberately ambiguous yeah. so that if you want to see it as a squat toilet, you can, and if you want to see it as a conventional Western toilet, you can also do that. Yeah, maybe. I might modify mine just just for like, you know, just, just to make it a bit more accurate. So long as it just doesn't drop straight down into the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, but... Anyway, this, this, this one looks great. Um, you have, you know, a whole bunch of minifigures. Did you see the, um, so there's like a couple in every, in, in, in most Lunar New Year sets. Did you see what they were wearing? Yes, yes. Um, yes, so so this year they're twinning with um, Azua um, jackets that have got a dragon whose tail is sort of wrapped around a circle and it does look ever so much like a classic space logo. Mm-hmm. Um with a dragon, with dragons. No, I don't know what more you could ask for there. Um, it's that certainly comes across. It almost feels like it's a um, could be related back also to the design on the city mm-hmm. space sets from um, last year. Mm. Just as a thought, um, I, I'm almost seeing seeing that kind of a design. It's looking more like a development of that design, which in turn has sort of evolved from classic space mm-hmm. rather than. Um, being strictly from classic space it's itself but you know we've also seen lots of cookies doing the same thing in monkey kid yep as well so yeah. you know we, we we know that things whooshing around the planet is speaking of monkey kid speaking all... of monkey kid yeah we also have a big set coming um i think it, it should be the first of jan or like the release date for these sets are, are a bit weird like um in some in some countries they come out at about like on Christmas, like on the 26th, that was the case last year. Um, and in some yep. countries, they come on the first and like in the, and the U S gets them like 10 days later. It's a, it's a bit, it's a bit weird. We don't have official information yet. We should get them soonish. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. moving on, we have a, um, a big monkey kit set as well, which is, um, yeah. So this is eight double zero five four megapolis city. Fifth anniversary. Jay, I'm going to need you to explain this to me because <laughs> Monkey Kid debuted in 2019. 2020. So 2020, not 19. Sorry, 2020. I beg your pardon. Yes, absolutely. 2020. So March 2020, 2021, 22, 23. So this, in my head, this is turning four in March of 24. You're How's not wrong. It the fifth anniversary? You're not wrong. Um, so um, d- traditionally in some East Asian countries, when you're born, you're born aged one. You're not born aged zero. So technically, Monkey Kid will turn five next year. But it's not quite the fifth anniversary. But he will be turning five. So that's, yeah, that's the nation. In, in my head, I suppose I make it as being this is the start of its fifth year. Yes. The, the beginning wave for next year is the start of the fifth mm-hmm. year and indeed will be the fifth season, though I'll have to admit I'm a little disappointed that we've not seen the fourth season screened through legal channels in Australia mm. yet. And the, 
first three seasons have vanished from the streaming service that they were sitting on two months ago. So I don't know, perhaps something new's due to come. Perhaps I'm the only person that's looked and shown any sign of caring. I'm not sure. It's, I do find it's always good to get a bit of context on on what's going on with some of these sets, although this set doesn't look like it needs any context. It's just a big city with lots going on. I'll have to admit I'm a little curious about some of these features. We've got a Ferris wheel on top. We've got lots of characters that we've seen. We've got some sort of brick-built caricatures of last year's villains, the um, you know the Yellow Tusk Elephant, the Azua Lion, and the eagle um but we seem to have an elevator that's made out of classic space elements it's um blue it's gray and there even appear to be a good number of transparent yellow um elements in the windows Mm. and a what looks like i think it's probably a three by three tile with a classic space logo on i'm going to presume that it's stickered rather than printed Mm -hmm. um oh and then we've also got uh sort of the a tile that's got sort of the up arrow motif that cropped up in so many space sets. It's like a two by, it looks like it's probably a two by four, but it's got a, a tile built arrow on it. Mm. Yeah. Just feeling like going up, but it's, um, that's another great homage to an element frequently seen in classic space. It's great. Um, it's fan service. It's a, uh, there's, there's, there's a lot going on here. Um, obviously the classic space, uh, homages are nice. There's also a green. To repeat that again, there is a green classic space helmet. So it's been recolored, so you can finally fix those exosuit minifigures and give them the classic space helmets that they deserve. That's fantastic. It's been a long time coming, and I think given the fuss that's been made over Purple Spaceman this year, um. No, it's probably worth noting that oh, white wasn't, but but the red and purple and orange Spaceman elements that happen to be sitting in um, Pick a Brick on Lego.com are all being retired in a fortnight mm-hmm. or less. So um, it's disappointing that we're just getting the green helmet at this stage. I wonder if we'll see a resurgence of the green torso for anything mm. in any other sets during the course of next year. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be interesting to see. Interesting to see. Yeah. Um, it's also got a modular, like a modular build design. So it, it's got different modules. Like the city has different modules that you can kind of swap out and reposition to change the look of the city, which I think mm. is quite interesting to switch things up. That was up. certainly a highlight with the City of Lanterns. Yeah. Uh, that you could sort of put it together the way that you wanted. Mm-hmm. And... Um, think to a lesser extent the secret hq yeah um and they're all designed to connect to one another as well yeah i was go- i was going to say i've seen seen an image shared that demonstrates that they're designed to all connect in um it looks like um the chinese fan media got a got a quality media pack for uh, of assets for this set so i hope hopefully it'll appear on um that you could you could grab that image and check out yeah, more of that on WeChat. A lot of returning faces um, doing non-villainous things, which I enjoy as well. Uh, I love the idea of Lady Bone Demon as a chiropractor. Yep, you got that there. Um, Spider Queen, I think she's taken up a new career in tailoring. She's got a, a pair of scissors there. You have the two demons 
which kind of look like they're DJs or yeah, they 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 kind of look like Daft Punk as well, which I really appreciated. And yeah, this this there's a lot mm. of stuff going on. There is just so much going on. I'll have to admit, I'm kind of looking forward to being able to take a closer look at this set and seeing. Looks like there's an elevator that works. It looks like there's a old knob at the top of it. Mm-hmm. There is just so much going on. There's I a wooden know. duck. He's got a chef hat, so it's he's he's graduating. Oh yes, there is, there is a classic wooden duck. Yeah, I'm just overwhelmed, and I can't wait. There's a new peach element making its debut as well. Did you see that? Peach. I've seen the peeled banana. Yeah, that's no. in Friends. That's but, in Friends, uh, but no, there's a new peach element. Fantastic. So we don't no, have I to use those uh, yet, those but... those printed tile peaches anymore to double as uh, yeah to double as peaches. Well, that's fantastic. So we'll see when that's going to come out. We'll hear about it, I'm sure, at some point over the next few days. Um, generally, the formal announcement goes up on Lego.com. Generally, once this event has mm-hmm. finished, so I dare say, sort of come the end of the week, we'll see some wider distribution of the of the images um but in the meantime you can go into the lego builder app which has also published pictures of these three sets plus also a new friends shopping mall looks like it embraces everything that lego friends has embraced in the last 12 months plus a new banana peel a new banana peel, uh, a new character with a prosthetic leg, which is um, very interesting. I think his name is uh, Patch. Patch. To show uh, pronounce it. Yes. That's exciting. He's got a new uh, crossbody bag accessory. Um, yeah, shopping shopping mall set looks great. It's got a it's got a working escalator, as you would expect. That's a that's a, that's a hallmark of friends shopping centers, shopping malls. So that's going to be good. Um, yeah, you got some new characters as well, um, new outfits. And yeah, this looks, looks looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it's um, it's certainly busy. It's colorful. Vibrant Coral is not showing any sign of dying anytime soon. There's a toy shop. Looks like a makeup kiosk and a game store. Mm. Nothing not to love with it. More Lego friends. Absence of classic Always space helmets. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I'm curious to see what we'll see in the rest of Lego friends as the year goes by. Mm-hmm. Yep. So a lot, um, a lot's been announced. A lot's been released, and we are. It's it's not going to slow down. We're going to start seeing the 24 sets very soon. We've got Black Friday coming up. They go at teasing a Black Friday reveal on the 8th, I believe. So we'll see the Black Friday set, which is not a surprise to anyone, given that it's, it's been all over the internet. But just keep an eye out. Just keep an eye out. I've plainly been in the wrong parts of the internet. Or is there a different one? Oh, many, many parts of the internet. There are. There are parts of the internet I just mm-hmm. don't go to. I'll have to admit, I'm looking forward to seeing those revealed revealed properly um gift with purchase that has been revealed all over the internet that has been all over the internet (laughs) yep not great with secrets but anyway we should get official um news on black friday very very soon and um 
Yeah, well, look, we've been talking for a little while, Jay. As we said, too much Lego is barely enough this week. And um, I look forward to seeing what's coming. In the meantime, we love getting messages from folks telling us what they'd like us to be talking about and letting us know what you're looking forward to in the sets coming out. I'd love to know what you're looking forward to about Black Friday. Um because you'll probably have heard about what's actually going on by the time this podcast episode has gone to air. Mm-hmm. Um, so send us an email, send us a DM on uh, on your social media platform of choice. Let us know if we're not present on your social media platform of choice. And um, until next time, I'm Richard from The Rambling Brick. And I'm Jay from Jay's Brick Blog. And these... The extra pieces. You have been listening to Extra Pieces, a collaboration between Jay's Brick Blog and The Rambling Brick. Your hosts are Jay Ong and Richard Jones. The show is written and produced by Jay Ong and Richard Jones with audio engineering by Frederick French Pounce. Extra Pieces can be found through your favourite podcasting platforms. Please like and subscribe, and if you like what you hear, please consider giving us a solid five star review so that others can find us and share the joy. Some sets discussed on the Extra Pieces podcast are provided by the Lego Group for review purposes, but all opinions are our own.